This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Some new numbers from the Canadian Institute of Health Information are a real head-scratcher. They show that in the past five years, while the Canadian population grew by 4.6%, the number of physicians grew by 12.5%. There are now about 90,000 doctors in the country. So why do 1.3 million people in this province say they have no family doctor? And why are so many people complaining that they have to wait too long to see their family doctor? Up to 20% of the population says they actually have a whole seven-day wait, and only 43% are able to snag same-day or next-day appointments at their regular place of care. Joining me now, Walter Feeney, who is the program lead of physician information at the Canadian Institute of Health Information. Hello, thanks for joining us. Uh, Glad to be here. Were you surprised by these numbers? Uh, I I wouldn't say that we were surprised by these numbers because we have been seeing this this trend in the growth of the number of physicians. We've we've seen it for the last number of years and uh, we actually expect to see it continue at this, uh, at this pace, I should say, I guess, uh, faster than the pace of population growth, at least for the next few years. This is when we look at the uh, medical school enrollment, we can see that the number of graduates, it appears that the, the population growth of uh, physicians is going to continue at least for the next few years at, at a similar pace. Okay, so we have about 90,000 doctors. How many do we need? That's an excellent question, and if we, if, we, if we had the perfect answer for that one, I think that would be our, our headline. How about an uh, imperfect answer? Um, I would say that really it depends, I guess, on the, the distribution. So there's, there's a lot involved in, in understanding the need. Uh, what we're looking at is like the landscape to say, okay, how many physicians are out there? Uh, generally, where are they located? Uh, but when you get into the specifics, there's, there's, uh, there's more to it than just a raw head count. Uh, it depends on um, what the needs of the population are, which can vary across the country, which can vary a lot within a, within a small area within a province. But uh, we also have to consider the workload of physicians and how they practice because people practice differently. So uh, there's a lot more to it than just raw numbers. Um, so our report doesn't have all those analytical answers, but the uh, kind of like that highlight message from, from what we're putting out there uh, so people do know what the landscape looks like. It's really about that, that general population is increasing at a faster rate. So I try to mention that it's, it's basically, we know that there's more physicians per person today than there was five years ago, but there's a lot of questions that, that continue about um, access, how they practice, where they're located, where they're needed most. So this is kind of just one piece of that puzzle. Okay, well, I'm assuming that there are a lot of doctors in, in Toronto, but it's still people say they can't get in to see a family doctor in a reasonable amount of time. Uh, yeah, and I think uh, we, we hear that more than just in Toronto. I think you'll, yeah. you hear that uh, across the country, uh, throughout Ontario, wherever, wherever you are, you're going to find those, those cases. Um, so I think that what uh, hopefully what this can translate into is 
the real purpose, I shouldn't say the main, one of the main purposes is to provide this information um, in an impartial manner. So uh, provincial governments, medical associations, the, I'll say the, um, uh, I'll generalize for the healthcare planners to see what the landscape looks like, how many physicians there are. And then there's another component to that to understand the needs. So there's clear needs of the population that uh, when people can't get in to see a family doctor and they can't get access, um, hopefully those the folks that are those planners, as I generalize, um, can use this as one tool to say, okay, well, where do we need physicians more? Okay, we have a lot of physicians in one area compared to another, so perhaps they should be focusing on one area compared to a different one. So it's really, hopefully, it's it's a one piece of the puzzle or one one tool that can be used, and hopefully, it can make a positive impact on on healthcare for for everyone. Okay, Walter Feeney, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you very much. Okay, let's bring in Dr. Sohel Gandhi. He is the president of the Ontario Medical Association. Hello, and thanks for joining us. Hello, thank you for having me. Okay, so how do you interpret this, that the number of doctors has grown by a lot, three times the growth of the population, yet we still seem to be in a crunch? Why? Sure. So the fact that the number of doctors uh, has risen, uh, my comment is, thank God, you know, hope it continues. Um, I think that it's important to recognize that while the number has risen, we still are relatively underserviced. And by that, what I mean is that if you look at uh, Canada's numbers, according to Kaihai, we have 241 doctors for every 100,000 people. That's that's their number from this morning. Okay. Now, if you look at countries where the wait times are less, where the um, time to get in to see your family doctor or specialists are much less, the average in Europe right now is 390 for every 100,000 people, right? So we're actually about 50% fewer, even though we've had an increase in the number of physicians. Um, you know, Mongolia has 290 doctors for every 100,000 people, so we're behind Mongolia in the number of doctors per capita. So if you're starting off from such a, a a place of paucity and a, such a place of rareness, it's going to take quite a bit of time to get up to the numbers that you need to try and get the high-quality health care that uh, Canadians deserve. I, I read the numbers a little differently. So we have 90,000 doctors now. I noticed that there have been a lot of new doctors in the last few years. So yep. are people reluctant to go to a newly minted doctor? No, no, not at all. I, I think um, I think that people are happy to see newly minted doctors because those are the ones that are uh, most uh, up to date in many cases. So I don't think that's an issue. I, I still think that the issue is that we are on a per capita basis. We're fifty percent behind the European countries that have all of the statistics that we're always compared to. You know, Canada is always compared to Europe in terms of our wait times and our quality of healthcare measures. Uh, but no one seems to want to put two and two together and say, well, if we're 50% fewer doctors in Europe, why do you think the wait times are so long and why are our measures uh, where they are? I want to hit something else uh, that is actually uh, affecting a lot of 
people that I know and I think will affect a lot of people over the coming while is that so you know i'm 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 a baby boomer and i when i became an adult uh you know i wanted to go to a doctor who was kind of older and wiser as did a lot of people and even if you have a doctor who's about the same age of you as you so uh the likelihood is so my doctor is is um 79 if not older i mean it's it's okay because the other people some of the other people in his practice are okay uh he doesn't practice full time anymore but uh, this whole issue that doctors are going to be retiring uh just at a time when a lot of people as they age are really going to need a family doctor who's known them for 30 years and and certainly that's a concern uh there has been uh concern voiced about the fact that uh physicians have um on average, a higher age group than other professions. Uh, we've seen a slight trend uh, in the opposite direction in the past few years, but it's been very, very slight. Uh, I actually have seen from my tour across the province, because I, I tour the province as part of my job, uh, what I've seen and been most impressed by are physicians who are in their late 70s and early 80s who continue to work because they know there's no replacement for them. And if they retire, then patients will go without care. And I've seen that on a number of occasions, particularly uh, when I've toured up north uh, most recently as in Thunder Bay. And this was, you know, I met some of these doctors and, uh, you know, all credit to them and all power to them for for giving uh, to the community like they are. Dr. Gandhi, you were telling us that despite the growth in our physician numbers, it still lags behind uh, the numbers in Europe. And that is possibly one of the problems with access. So another thing I'd like to to ask about is, uh, you know, we, we all talk about technology as a way to alleviate this, but a lot of doctors are reluctant to, to use any kind of technology to cut down. I mean, basically, at this point, anything that you've got, you've got to get an appointment, go into the office and wait uh, and start from there as opposed to sending a picture of your problem or something like that. Uh, actually, the the issue with the technology, so I use technology in my office, and I uh, had to, because I was going to be out of the office much more in my role as president, I had to figure out a way to let my patients still access uh, me, and so I did uh, sign up for email. The issue with technology, though, is that there are a number of regulatory impediments. Uh, I had to make sure that my server for email was a secure server behind a firewall in a proper space that was flood-proof, static-proof, etc., etc. Um, and I had to get all of my patients to consent to this. It was a process that took nine months to to do. So when people are already working fairly hard and they're you know, seeing patients on a regular basis in their office to then tell them, take on this project that's going to take nine months so that you can provide email access to your patients. It's a bit of a hard sell. Uh, I will say that technology has made a difference, and I think my patients generally have appreciated the fact that they can email me and get an email response back for their concerns, uh, most of which I can deal with, some of which still require them to come in at the end of the day. Uh, but there are some, some strong regulatory uh, hurdles. Now, the OMA is working to try and relieve that burden. We've got a virtual care working group with the, uh, with the Ministry of Health, and we're working cooperatively to try and re- to, to make it easier and not as hard as it, it was for me to do that. Uh, and I'm hopeful we can have some information by the end of this year, actually, this calendar year on that. 
Well, yeah, and I just, uh, personal note, uh, one of the main reasons that I haven't totally transitioned from my octogenarian doctor, who I uh, really, really like, is that I can contact him by email. Yeah. The younger ones, not so much. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's a, it, it was a very laborious process for me to implement that in my office. I had no choice because I knew I was my term was starting as president and I was going to be out of the office. It was very, very laborious to set up and we need to make that easier. Well, I, I'm also assuming that, you know, a, a lot of doctors, they're now encouraged to, to practice in teams and that they have support people in the team and that it's not necessarily the doctor who manages. I mean, a lot of people now have electronic health records and all that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, not, it's not the doctor that deals with the IT stuff. Well, that's theoretically how it's supposed to work. It doesn't always work that way, I'm afraid. Uh, Given this increase in the number of doctors, um, do you think that it will trickle down so patients, uh, you know, again, you know, you're sick, you want to go see your doctor, not next week. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm certainly hopeful. As I say, if, if we're always going to compare ourselves to Europe on wait times, then I think it's only fair to compare ourselves to Europe on number of doctors. And the reality is that even with this increase, and I'm I'm glad for the increase, I hope it continues, um, we're still way behind Europe. We're 50% behind Europe. Um, And actually, if I can answer the question you asked of the previous speaker, how many doctors we need in uh, Canada, uh, I'm going to go with 150,000, because when you crunch the numbers and bring us up to the European level, that's what it adds up to. Okay, well, uh, there are a lot of people who really want to get into medical school. I know that. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm about to take a call from Lily, and she's asking about female doctors. And this is interesting. There is a growing number of female doctors. It's up to, I think, 47% for family doctors. And uh, not surprisingly, when you break it down by age, it's different. So two-thirds of doctors aged 60 to 69 are men, mm-hmm. but uh, 58% of doctors under 40 are women. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, Lily, hi, Lily, what's your question? Yes, good afternoon. Uh, maybe an observation. Um, our family doctor um, retired, and uh, a female family doctor stepped in. Almost first thing that... Uh, was done was the uh, office hours were cut back. Uh, so, and then I checked uh, uh, around and I found that female doctors don't work what I, we would say is a full day. They will work partial days. They will not work five days. Uh, and I, I think that's contributing to um, the shortage. Uh, well, I think that's probably a generalization and uh, yeah. perhaps not fair, but let's let Dr. Ang- uh, Gandhi answer that. Sure. So I think that one of the things that, that has happened, and I think that's a good thing in general, is that uh, some of the younger physicians, male and female, um, are actually working uh, towards more of a work-life balance than uh, some of the older physicians have. And that's, and I would say that that's a good thing. You want your doctor to be healthy and, and well-balanced as well. Um, I know of a few of my colleagues, my younger colleagues, they're both male physicians, and they they took uh, between two to four weeks of paternity leave, you know, and 
certainly some of the older colleagues in that generation, the ones who are in their 60s and 70s, they never took paternity leave. Um, I'm not even sure they went into the room when their wives were having uh, babies. Uh, so we're seeing that trend um but overall, I think that's a, that's a healthy trend for physicians to look after this themselves and uh, to have a work-life balance. And, and Lily, you know, um, there's a new head of the Canadian Medical Association uh, that I interviewed. Uh, oh, I can't remember when. Uh, but he was talking that his main issue is physician burnout. And yep. there's a high burnout rate in physicians. And, you know, you can imagine anybody, a lot of these people work really, really long hours, which which in medicine are considered normal, and then they burn out. So that's not really good either. No, but I'll, I'm speaking from practice, uh, from experience. Um, the older doctors somehow or other had the energy uh, to work longer hours. But what we have today uh, are hours that are uh, very, very short. And not, not, I mean, you know, they, that I, they it, are short. Okay. And, but maybe I think you the need point to find I'm another doctor. We're talking about doctor shortages. We have to take a look at the hours that the doctors today are working. Okay. They are much shorter. Uh, they take family days off, paternity, uh, maternity leave. All of that collectively means that there are not enough doctors and the patient suffers. Well, you know, I, 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 I'm just, thanks, Lily. Um, I'm going to uh, let you go and you can listen to the answers there because we're starting to run out of time. I have to say that my experience in the practice is years ago, you wanted to see the doctor. It certainly had to be in the daytime hours when you were supposed to be at work. And recently, you know, the practice that I deal with, there's one doctor that added sort of evening hours. So, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to burn up a day at work to go and see the doctor. Uh, there's more access on, on weekend hours than there were 20 years ago. So, uh, Dr. Gandhi, what, what do you say to that? Yeah, so I certainly uh, feel for for patients who are having trouble getting in to see their doctors, and and I want to make sure that uh, we figure out a way to get people in to see their doctors. But the reality is, uh, you know, it's really no good for physicians. And I've seen this happen. I've seen this happen amongst friends. I've seen this happen among colleagues. Uh, it's no good for them to work so, so hard that they burn themselves out, then start making bad decisions uh, and making medical errors. That's not healthy either. Uh, so we certainly need to find a, an appropriate balance. Okay. Uh, we are uh, just about out of time. Dr. Gandhi, what would you like to leave us with on this subject? Uh, just that I think it's great that the uh, number of physicians is increasing in Canada. I think that's great. But, you know, if we're still behind Mongolia <laughs> in terms of numbers of doctors, we got a ways to go. Okay. And uh, what do you say to people who are, again, having trouble getting in to see their doctor when they need to see them? What, what, what advice do you have for them? So uh, it's, it's tough advice to sort of say, be patient, because I, I, I know that's not what people want to hear. Um, but I do believe that some of the cooperative work we're doing with the government right now on virtual care uh, will become evident at the end of this year. And I'm very hopeful that that will start to address some of the issues. And as we continue to progress um, and we get more physicians, I'm hopeful that that situation will improve some more. Okay. Dr. Sohail Gandhi, thanks so much for being with us.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.